Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Moran Mingestab. Moran has worked with clients such as Complex, Adidas, Rolling Stone, The New York Times, and Wired, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Moran about how he got into photography, his creative approach, early assignments, and much, much more. Moran is a talented photographer whose work I really respect, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with him. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, uh, Moran Mingestab, uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Happy def- to be uh, yeah. On, the, on the podcast. No doubt, man. I was excited to talk to you. Uh, a couple people reached out to me, <clears throat> told me to get you on here, so I was really excited to kind of talk to you. Looks like you've been oh, up cool. to it. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff over the last year or so. It seems like you're you're uh, you're busy shooting a lot of stuff. So definitely uh, mad respect for your work. Um, but I guess to start off, I was kind of curious, like what you've been working on lately. What's kind of got you excited these days? Um, what am I working on lately? So I uh, feel like I kind of towards the end of the year was pretty you know um, busy in terms of commissions, and I think now I always try to use the end of the year to worry about not worry about but work on. Um, personal projects or trying to piece together kind of work for a book or something so right now what i'm pretty excited about is um, uh, i'm kind of trying to put together a body of work to start thinking about a monograph like thinking about a book body of work so that's really exciting right now and just kind of going through my archive and like kind of piecing it all together and thinking about it and when you say book are you talking about like your portfolio or more you actually want to publish oh sorry um like a like a monarch like a photo book like a fine art book that i've been kind of piecing together slowly and surely nice that's exciting do you have like an idea of like yeah. wh- what it's kind of going to cover is this kind of like a is it one topic or is this kind of uh kind of uh it, it's it's um it's one topic i suppose but it's going to include kind of work from that i've been making kind of over the for the over the years it includes um uh work about my family work about kind of like so i'm i'm eritrean american my family's from eritrea and the body work is more or less kind of a conversation with um, kind of my experiences as an Eritrean American, but then like in conversation with uh, my parents' experiences as immigrants and like uh, hopefully we'll be going back to Eritrea next year and make work there. And just kind of like just thinking about this work I've been consciously and subconsciously making over the years and trying to figure out how to, how that looks all together. That's exciting, man. Um, but I guess, yeah, definitely. Um, to go back, I was kind of curious, like where you grew up and like how you kind of got into photography initially. Yeah. So, uh, I grew up in Seattle, South end of Seattle, uh, which was a huge immigrant community. So I kind of grew up, I'm like, again, East African, Mm -hmm. um, big, like, uh, Filipino, Samoan community, Vietnamese. And so it's like this, like huge mixing pot of people. And, um, I think I always, I got into photography around like seventh grade when I was super young and um, it just kind of like was like my neighborhood was always like kind of like I was always walking around my neighborhood as a kid and stuff so I feel like I just had things to photograph you know yeah. so I was like always kind of like cruising around with the camera and I just slowly I, I started I really fell in love with the darker more than taking pictures to be honest at oh, that wow. age um, I know just like things you know especially living in a city it's like it was like quiet time <laughs> <laughs> um, it was yeah, I think I fell in love with darkroom. Yeah, I would argue it's the darker more than the camera. What do you? What, then, what is it about darkroom you like so much? You think? I think it was just like that peace of mind. It's like you kind of only. It's 
kind of like why people like golf. Like it's like this idea of like you're only competing with yourself in terms of like <laughs> yeah getting it right, or getting a print right. So I think that was what it is in hindsight. It's kind of funny. Like you never know why until you have to like kind of think about all the years of it. Yeah. And yeah, so I did that. Um, and then I went to college in Rochester, New York. So RIT. Oh no, Dom, um, me, me too. Oh really? Oh shit. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you know the deal. Yeah. I went all the way out there and, um, which was great, you know, learned a lot technically. And then I moved to New York pretty much right after I went back to Seattle for like a couple months and I just was not moving. Really? <laughs> like you, not work. Not, not, yeah, not, like, not enough work out there. Yeah. Especially cause you, you know, I remember, um, graduating, going, you know, going back home just you know, why not? Right. Like go back home for a couple months and figure it out. Yeah. Um, and emailing, uh, photographers or whatever, just people. And everyone just kind of had this same response of like, Oh, you know, I'd love to hire you, but I have a assistant I've been using for eight years or you're just, you're yeah, like yeah. a small, almost too small market where you can't really get any footing in it. So I just thought I, I need to, I need to bounce. So, yeah. No doubt. I'm happy to do and like, how did you kind of decide on RIT of all places? Because as you know, it's it's an interesting city. I'm always just curious, like, what, what kind of made you kind of go to RIT over like going to like New York uh, for school or something like yeah. that? You think? Um, to be honest, I think what it was is at that age, I was like really adamantly against uh, taking like just I used to just call it like harder high school classes, like the idea of like prereqs that like just general prereqs in college. Yeah. And when I heard about RIT, it was like, you just go straight into photography right away. And like, I, I like the idea of a more vocational education in that way. Kind of like you just learning a skill set for four years versus like kind of a general education. I just, I knowing me at that age, I was really self-aware of kind of just like how hard I would actually try if you just put me in like a biology 101 class. You know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And do you kind of like even going into RIT, did you kind of already have a goal in mind for like the type of photography you wanted to do or did that kind of evolve over time? You think? Um, I guess it, I think it kind of evolved. I mean, I, it's funny because I've circled back now. I do a lot of like kind of reportage photojournalist type assignment work now, but mm -hmm. I, I went into school thinking I really wanted to kind of, you know, documentary like photojournalism work. Mm -hmm. um, and then while I was there, I think, I got really fascinated with like the more technical side and like learning how to light and things like that. And it kind of just evolved and changed my interest. And like all my photographers that I love are photojournalists, but like ultimately I didn't necessarily want to make that work by the end of the time of the school. Yeah. But I've kind of circled back now. It's like all blending, right? It's like, I think one of the best parts of kind of where the photo industry is right now is like people want to see kind of a blend of all this kind of mentality of like photojournalism, but also kind of more, um, classical portraiture and things like that which is cool no it's exciting um do you feel like kind of going to rit like were you in the pj program or what, what was your kind of i was in the pj program first yeah. and then i switched to the ad program because to be honest uh, alec was just kind of like if you're paying all this money to go to college you should probably like learn how big expensive lights work you know as I, I really just looked at it like ah, i probably should do this that's like the responsible thing to do. <laughs> No, you know, at that time, it's like, I no, should learn how strobes work. You know, yeah, no doubt. I think it was just at the at, at the end of the day, like all those like the programs don't really matter because like you can, yeah, you can yeah. shoot whatever you want. But I found the ad program to be like 
you could shoot photojournalism stuff if you wanted to. Like they didn't really care. Like it was just kind of they right, gave exactly. you the freedom to do what you wanted. Um, but yeah. do you feel like going to photography school is it useful to you? You think? Um, yeah, I think it was. I think that it, it it was useful to me, but it could only be useful in the way that that school offered it to for, at least for me. Because ultimately you know, no offense to Rochester and you're always like, you just, you know, I mean, you're just in eight feet of snow. <laughs> it's like your head, head, head down four years of just working, yeah. you know, and just like that library is really great. And like, it's just like, I just was thinking, like, I think it's less about the school and more about just like, I had to, I was just only thinking about photography for four years. And I think that was ultimately good for me. Like I think coming out of school and kind of being able to, the work ethic that you kind of naturally get from, only doing one thing for four years yeah because like like yeah rochester really much to do like i, I kind of feel the same way like i feel like i went to school in new york city or la like there's just too many distractions as like a kid oh, who's like definitely. 20 years old but like you know rt yeah, it's like man. it's 19 like, year old living in new york like, i was just me? like in the library rochester you basically in the library or maybe you can go bowling or something and that's about the options yeah. you have to do in the middle of winter <laughs> uh, yeah right you just kind of get your head down and yeah, and just focus. Because, yeah. like, wh- who are some of the photographers, or is there any photographers kind of starting out you kind of looked up to their work or anything? Um, I, I was always have been a pretty much a diehard Gordon Parks fan. I oh, think yeah. I've always just like loved his work and the way he thinks. Mm. And I get, I feel like I have absolutely no ability at shooting square format. So yeah. I always have upset. Like, I think something I've noticed is like, I always like photographers that it's not work I aspire to necessarily, it's work I just like him in all of because I could never think that way is like kind of um change for me and I don't know it's like it's not work I'm like trying to make it's more like work that I'm in and like impressed that I could never make you know like that's kind of how I think about um a lot of it but Gordon Parks is probably my biggest like journalistic um impression like he left the biggest impression on me in his work yeah that would be yeah he was amazing because um, he didn't just do photography he he utilized so many different like art forms and things you know that's like yeah, it, yeah. Uh, sometimes i kind of forget that i'm like i can this you can easy to pigeonhole yourself like only do this but the amazing yeah. thing a guy like yeah. that he was constantly trying different things and is using all types of different uh, uh mediums you know yeah um, yeah roy de carava that would be like i've I, I definitely like, kind of this um, I, I feel like a lot of my personal work also like kind of always ultimately is in conversation with the idea of community mm-hmm. like um, com- how um, to kind of share a narrative of a community or my own community. Like it's always kind of in that concept. So I feel like I've noticed in hindsight, looking back at just like the work I was looking at when I was like very young, it is always kind of centered that as well. Like Roy Baker off his work is always kind of stuck in my head. Yeah. in terms of how to approach. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no doubt. That's ex- that the both amazing photographers for sure. Um, Jamel Tabat. Sorry, now I'm just like going through like the library. My- <laughs> it's so it's so hard. Jamel it's like Tabat, it's like but- it's like a tough. It's like the hardest question. It's like, what's your favorite musician? It's like it's, you can't answer that question. Right, there's right, a, right. There's a million, and it's always like different kind of ideas, right? Like there's certain people who just did that thing really well. Like there's uh, like Ming Smith, and like oh yeah, I could just yeah. There's so many people who have just these little moments in their career. Not little, but these moments in their career that are specific to like impressions that they leave on you and 
you could go forever as fans of photography. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Um, so once you kind of got out of RIT, what was kind of your, like you said, you kind of went back to Seattle for a minute and then um, you kind of went to New York. Uh, what was kind of your first step into that world? Did you kind of just go straight into shooting or doing some assisting? What was kind of your first step into the photography business, I guess? Um, so I guess before I moved, uh, before I moved, I was in New York actually for the summer, like so the summer between junior and senior year. Yeah. Um, and I interned at the Source ma Source magazine. Oh, so that's wow. cool because I, I initially was interested in being a photo editor. Like uh, initially, I you know, I don't know, I just it struck me as a super interesting career path, and I like was you know emailing a million people that last quarter before summer, and I somehow found myself in their office. You know, like I just kept telling people kind of what. I was interested in even if they so it's like you know the format of the email sending to people is like oh i love your work just that and the third mm -hmm. if you don't have any opportunities these are the things i'm thinking about and I would, if you have any friends that can yeah. point me in the right direction i'd appreciate it so it's kind of i like kind of got trailed there so i was interning there and then i was assisting a little bit um i met chad griffith and um matt salad Hughes, cream black and this kind of like crew of guys and i met them i was initially working for them that summer but just you know i just was getting lunch and coffee with people and stuff and yeah um so when I moved back, or rather when I actually moved to New York a year later, um, I just kind of hit up those same people and was like, well, I'm here now, you know, and if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. And it, I got really lucky, kind of fell in with like a great group of dudes and just kind of picked up assisting work. And I was just, just kind of right off the bat, you started assisting, get them out. That's amazing. So you're kind of assisting Chad and like Matt a little bit here and there? Yeah, yeah those guys are like my big brothers pretty much. Like they, have, yeah, those guys are... I still call them. I, I called, I texted Chad yesterday with like a panic job estimate. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like, he's always, they're always in my corner. I really appreciate those guys a lot. No, it's like important, especially when you're first starting out is to like have people in this business yeah. to turn to that have like uh, been, been in the situations you haven't been in before. Like I'm constantly exactly. re reaching for out sure. to people like, Hey, how much do I charge for this? How much do I, what do I do in this situation? It's just like, yeah, I can't say it enough. Like being able to like kind of collaborate with different people is important, you know. Yeah, and it's like I think this uh, photography can just be a you know solo game, and it's like it's important to realize it's not, and we're all kind of in it together. And there's you know no one's gonna take food straight up off your plate. Like it's important to like support each other and understand that like it only helps everyone if we're kind of all helping each other and figuring it out. I personally, that's how I look at it. No, no doubt, man. I don't have too, too much of a competitive angle, I think, with Starby. I just, like, think it's more so, you know, make good work and hopefully the work finds you. I don't know, you know, it's pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, how was your experience at the source? Uh, what was it kind of like? You kind of interning there, pretty much, you said? Yeah, I was interning there, and uh, it was cool because it's, you know, it was a pretty, at that point, it was a pretty small team. Um, so I was able you know, just kind of talk to everyone, right? So I was working with the photo editor, but, you know, I could talk to the, like, you know, the people who are writing the reviews to music and stuff. And so you're slowly, like, kind of just getting a feel for the world. I, like, by the end of it, I was, like, you know, shooting concerts for them, but then also, like, getting to write small reviews, um, which was great. You know, I was just like, I don't know, it was, I loved it. It was for that, at that time, I was, uh, I was 20. I was 20 years old, I think. Nice. Like, going to concerts for the stores and, like, taking pictures. It was fun. Like, I had to learn about New York. I was like cruising around New York City to like back when there was a bunch of venues. Like now there's only like three, but back then it was just like 
Uh, it was fun. I loved it. You know, that's cool. And did you kind of get to see how like they hired photographers and kind of see like prom- yeah. prom- promos and stuff? And um, would they kind of meet with photographers while you're there? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't like on too many sets, but I was on a couple. I think that. But you kind of touched on it. I think what I learned um, in terms of that the most was just seeing the. I was always kind of cc'd on emails and stuff, and mm-hmm. I just saw the type of questions photographers were asking. So like when they were at, you know, hit up for a shoot or something, just like them asking kind of pre-pro type, you know, like, it's like when a lot of things now we just assume people know, but when I was like 1920, just seeing what people like very basic questions, like, you know, is there daylight at that space that you want to shoot at is, or should I be bringing lighting? Like these kind of simple, straightforward questions. Yep. It's like, as a 20 year old, it's actually very like, it's cool to see kind of just like the, the ways photographers kind of prepare themselves for things. Yep. Um, and, it was, I think it was really valuable for sure in terms of like what I should be thinking about when I started shooting. No, nah, it's really interesting. Like, yeah, kind of getting to see the inside workings of a magazine. Yeah. Because uh, it is a different beast of like, uh, it's like the other side. I've, I've never worked inside of a magazine, but it, it seems like a really pretty valuable experience you had. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I uh, did it for sure. And with like the assisting stuff, like how long did you assist for? Because I think, you know, a lot of photographers listening, that's like the hardest thing to do is go from assisting to shooting. Um, were you kind of like working on your own personal work the whole time while you're assisting or? Um, so I, I assisted for, I said, uh, let, let me, let me do the math. I guess I just recently had to do this. Um, mm. so I moved here in Seattle 11, so about five years, I would say just yeah. touching at five years. Um, it was, it was good. Like I worked with like kind of the same crew of people. So it was like, got a nice groove going. I think I just kind of, yeah, I was shooting my own stuff and like, picking up small editorials here and there. And when I thought I just kind of was, I thought it was more so, um, I thought my work was ready to like start shooting more so than like just some sort of internal dialogue of like, you need to start shooting. I was like, Oh no, I think I have work that's kind of, you know, I, you know, I'm just being critical of myself. And then once you felt like mm-hmm. you had work that could get you assignments that that was when I really started pushing, um, to shoot. Uh, I was, always kind of adamantly telling, you know, like I, I, and I always say like, I never really worked with photographers who didn't know I want to be a photographer. Like I always kind of made it clear to people who were hiring me that that's why I'm in New York. Like I want to shoot and it's not, you know, so I, I think for me, the transition out of assisting is actually not easy, but it was, it, it was really supported. Right. So I worked for uh, photographers, like those guys we talked about earlier, but then this other, you know, another photographer, uh, Johnny Miller is pre-photographer. Yeah. Um, I worked with him a lot and he was super supportive in terms of like, if I, you know, bailed last, obviously I would replace myself on set, but like if I had to bail last minute on a job, but he knew, I told him like, Hey, I just got this photo, like shooting assignment. Yeah. Um, you know, he was always like, of course I want you. Like, he know, like he, you know, like it was like a supportive relationship with all the photographers towards the end that I was working with. Mm-hmm. But I slowly just stopped working. I stopped working with people, who I didn't know or people that, you know, you could tell the vibe was they're looking for like, you know, assistants who are only assisting. Mm-hmm. And so I just slow, when I decided I want to start shooting, I think I just really just kind of start replacing assisting with shooting. So like if I could get X amount of month from shooting, I would just, you know, drop these type of clients. If I got, like I just kind of slowly pushed it out till it was mostly shooting and like maybe assisting only like Matt and chat, you know, it was like, and that was kind of, um, how I did it, I guess. Like I just kind of slowly pushed out work and replaced it, I guess, rather than like a yeah, it's just, turkey. It's just like a yeah, it's a gradual kind of progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which like I owe a lot to people being supportive of letting me do that that way, you know. So 
Yeah, because they, they, they like guys like Chad fun. and Matt, they understand the hustle because they've been there before. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, because I've definitely, when I was assistant coming up, yeah, there are other photographers and they get they get pissed. They're like, they don't want you, they think you're like going after their clients or something. Or, yeah, it, right, exactly. Or, like you said, I've had, I had a scenario like that where I was like, yo, I got hit up to shoot this job that pays a lot of money, like pretty good, and I need to take yeah. it. And even if you find someone to like replace you, they have like feelings about it, which I, I guess I kind of understand. Um, but it is pretty, it's great. You kind of had that like a uh, group of guys that supported you. That's a uh, really important. Um, but when you kind of first, good. when you first kind of like start promoting your work, um, how are you kind of getting your work out there? What were you doing for like marketing and who were kind of some of the first clients that kind of gave you a chance? Um, so two things, I guess I was emailing a million people a day. I don't even know how, you know, just any <laughs> back then social media wasn't really a thing. Right. So like, at least when I, you know, it's not that long ago, it was 2000 at that point, it was 2016. Right. It's like, it was there, but it wasn't what it is now. Yep. And, um, 15, 16, whatever. And, um, but I would, you know, go to, I would just go to like Barnes and Noble and just pull up these magazines and like figure out email formats and just start hitting people up. And I noticed that when you just hit someone up, especially the young photographer who doesn't have like tear sheets, yep. when you hit someone up and you're just kind of like, Oh, I'd love to shoot for you. It's like very easy for them to be like, Oh, you know, your work's cool. We'll see, you know, but if, if I could get FaceTime, I, I, I could resonate more. So I was constantly just trying to get like meetings rather than just like a promo email or yep. like I wanted them to put a face to the work. I think that helped a lot. I did portfolio reviews as well. I did a portfolio review, and um, that's how I met, uh, let me think of who, I met a photo editor at the Fader, Emily Keegan. I met her through a portfolio review, and like pretty soon after, shot some stuff for them. So it was like, that was really useful, actually. I'm, I'm happy I did portfolio reviews early on. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good in for, um, again, it's like, I think that that FaceTime when your work's not necessarily known yet, you know, it's like you need that FaceTime so people can get a gauge of how you think and what you're thinking about. Yeah, they can understand um, like what your personality is and what you're gonna yeah. be, what you're gonna be like to work with and collaborate. Exactly, and there's like certain questions that photo editors can ask the person, right? So when they see a picture, like how much time did you have with the subject, you know? And I think that that can't translate via like email promo or print, you know, like they don't know if you had all day for this or that you or that you executed a really nice portrait in five minutes. Like they don't know, so that can always help your kind of case, right? Like. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're able to talk to them about what environments you can perform in. And I think that's what photo editors ultimately need to know, right? Like they need to know, can you perform in when shit hits the fan? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because as you know, editorial, it's uh, the scenarios you get thrown into or you never know what it's going to be. And it, it, it could it could change on a, on, a, on a fly. Like it could be like... It, yeah, 100%. Right. Constantly. So they got to be able to know you can, you can adjust quickly and adapt, you know? Yeah. Uh, but was, mm -hmm. was like when you're kind of first starting out, like you're meeting with editors and stuff, was was like marketing your work and kind of explaining to these editors what you do? Is it something you always felt comfortable with, like this communicating and things like that? Or um, is it something you kind of learned at over time and kind of got better at this kind of like, like kind of selling your work to people basically? Um, I definitely think you get better at talking about your work through meetings. Like, it's almost like I would take meetings with, you know, don't get me wrong. I, there's no one I would say I you know, wouldn't want to work with, but it's like, you know, just like publications that ne don't necessarily fit, but I was just, I know early on, I really just wanted meetings and I didn't care if it was like a firm magazine that could only hire me once a year. It was just like, 
Yeah. Because they, to, your, to what you're asking, like, I think that talking about your work is so important and being able to talk about what you care about. And then you also, like, start to learn the questions you want to ask. I think that through meetings, like, if you do enough meetings, you start to, like, ask editors what kind of work they could see you doing. Or, like, you, you just start to learn, like, what you want from editorial work. And I think I know for me, when I go into meetings a lot of times, I always try to make it clear what they do that I could see myself doing. Like I, I do my homework and I go into, I'm like, well, you know, I saw that you guys do work on these kind of projects. I think um, I would love to work with you guys and think about those type of projects as well. Like, I, I, you know, like you said to learn, uh, it's like, it's not just the selling yourself art, but also like how uh, you see yourself working with them. And I think that always makes for a better conversation with editors. Yeah, no doubt. And like, um, especially, it's, I think it took me a while to learn is like being able to communicate about your work is such an important thing, especially once yeah. you get into the commercial world, uh, once you're doing mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. advertising and stuff, because that's like the name of the game is like you have the creative call, you're putting like these creative decks together and everything. Right, right, and right. that's like, it it, it it took me a while to realize like if you can communicate really about like what what you do and like how you're going to help these clients, like the best photographers I ever assisted for, they were the, their communication skills were like the best. And yeah. the, I think that's uh, obviously I said this before mm-hmm. is like you can learn the technical stuff, but like if you have personal skills and kind of communicate, like I said, that's I feel like that's kind of what sets people apart, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree, especially I think particularly on set, right? Like being able to sell an idea in real time to an art director who doesn't really understand what you're trying to do to like such a skill set that I'm. Um, learning every day, you know, and, and, and not necessarily it's like, you know, you're trying to convince somebody anything It's more so like, Oh no, trust me. If we do this and this, I think it'll show, you know, like kind of just learning how to like steer, like slightly steer a boat different directions, you know, mm-hmm. but especially when there's lots of people on set and things and just knowing how to like talk about the work in a way in real time. I think it's so, that's something I'm like, yeah, yeah all, I, I feel like it's super valuable. The, the crews are, the size of crews are only getting bigger. I feel like right now. So it's just like, you have to, just know how to talk to people and clearly, clearly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have the confidence. (laughs) Um, and what were kind of some of the first shoots you got? Like, uh, is there any like uh, early assignments you got that kind of stick out? Maybe they're kind of like a good learning experience for you or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so one of the first editors that really kind of gave me good, bigger stories was, uh, uh, Elizabeth Renstrom, Liz Renstrom at uh, Vice. Oh, wow. And we, yeah, and so uh, we met at like kind of this, this, <clears throat> this photographer that had like some sort of photo meetup type thing and we just kind of crossed paths and we just stayed in touch and I showed her some personal work I was doing on my family and just like photographed my family and it led to um, doing a body of work uh, on a father who was kind of essentially... Fr- fighting to get justice for his son who was uh, unfairly killed by the NYPD. Hmm. And so it was like this kind of longer, and it's kind of why at the time I didn't really know how editorial, you know, any of this really were. And she, you know, I, I remember getting the magazine and it was just like four pages, you know, double spread opener. And I'm just like, uh, I didn't know we were like yeah. going for it. I was so proud, you know, it's like she really gave me a chance to like, so I can shoot a story. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a good turning point for me because I was able to, especially early on, I was able to take a full story to editors. So I was like, it wasn't just, hey, look at these 20 good pictures. It was like, mm-hmm. here's a story I thought out and did. Um, I think that was uh, kind of a 
a, a great starting point. And then another one was, you know, I owe her a lot for the beginning, man. I tell her all the time. And so it's, we did a story on Trevor Noah, like a day in the life of the Daily Show. Oh, yeah. But that, yeah, so I spent the whole day with them, like kind of beginning to end of the creation of an episode. Um, and that was huge learning experience because it's like you have, you know, you're going to get, a, you know, you're going to walk away with certain photos, but it's like, how do you make, it's almost like you have to live edit, like you're, you're while shooting, thinking about the narrative. And I thought that was such a huge learning experience for me. And again, like getting to walk away uh, was a full story and just, you know, early on showing full stories to editors was like a huge leg up, I think. Um, and we got an American Photography Award for it. Yeah, was, I saw that. It was like, what was it? I think what, uh, last, last, 2018, I think, right? Oh, no, I think it's 17, 33. Yeah. So I think no, actually, yeah, I have the, I'm actually looking at the book right here. I have it. It came out really, <laughs> really great. Um, yeah, was that kind of like, because looking at your work, like you said, like you do um, kind of like these stories, more kind of photojournalistic, but then you also do like some really amazing portraits and you've shot a lot of different like musicians, some celebrities. What was the Trevor Noah shoot? Was that kind of your first celebrity shoot that you got? Yeah, I think that was, at that point I had done a couple, maybe smaller um, like music portraits or music artist portraits, but that was kind of the first like kind of pop culture kind of character that mm -hmm. I had photographed. And mm -hmm. so... That was definitely like kind of a starting point for sure in terms of working with like a straight up celebrity on set. You know? like, was that was that um, like was that like a goal of yours to shoot like kind of like celebrities and mu musicians and kind of known people, or is that that's just something kind of happened like organically, or was that kind of something you were kind of striving for? Or? I don't know. I don't know. I think that for me, I've I've never I don't I've never really thought about um, how big of a celebrity can I shoot, but it was more so. I really like the idea of being asked to photograph somebody who's been photographed a lot. I think so. It's like, it's less about how famous they are and more about, I like the challenge of thinking like, okay, this person has been photographed a million times. How am I going to do it different? Mm -hmm. so I think that's like the, the high I get from celebrity portraits. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, like say, like you say, like you get hired to shoot uh, Tre Trevor Noah. Um, like you say, he's been photographed a million times. When you get that assignment, do you do like a lot of research? Will you kind of look at photos that, that have been taken of him before, or like how do you kind of prepare for like a shoot like that usually? So my obviously very secret move is um, <laughs> I I call it like the anti mood board. So what I do is like I Google somebody and I click the image tab, and then I'll you know flood with all the most searched pictures of them, and then I'm just like, well, these are the photos you're not allowed to make that day. Wow. That's like what I try to do. I strive for. So if it's like someone who's clearly hammy on camera, it's like, okay, let's see if you can get a quiet portrait. If it's someone who's clearly very quiet on camera, it's like, all right, let's see if you can do something that's more animated, personalized. You know, like, so I feel like I always try to even color palette. Like, it's like, okay, this person's shot on red all the fucking time. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want, but you know, like these type of things come up from that. So I always do that a lot. No, that's smart, man. That's really interesting. And you know, the thing I'm always kind of curious about is like, you know, like, did it take you kind of a while to find your voice as a photographer? Like, is like style and aesthetic, is that something you think about a lot uh, when you're shooting? Or is it just you kind of shoot how you shoot? Or what? what's your approach, you think? I think for me, I always just kind of think about what, um, what am I not doing good? Like, what am I not good at? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so it's like, because um, I think ultimately everything just takes legwork. It's not like you can't learn how to do something. So, you know, um, I'll say even this year, for example, like I was 
I, I get a lot of environmental kind of, yeah, like reportage photojournalism assignments, and like re, uh, environmental portraiture. Um, and I had somebody kind of say to me like, oh, you know, or rather ask me like, oh, you don't really like shooting the studio, do you? And I just was like, I don't, I enjoy it a lot, but I obviously didn't have a lot of work showing that. Yeah. And so I looked at that as like, okay, that's something you need to think about critically and try to like be better at. And so I started doing, I have a, a studio on Best Side and it was just like, thinking about that and trying to like find tests and then like also showing editors these tests are saying like, I want to shoot in the studio more. Like I think that I have kind of a voice to be shown in that space as well. And, you know, I think the, the personal work ultimately has to reflect what you want to get hired for. So I was just kind of showing people what I was doing on my own time and kind of ending the year with a couple more um, studio assignments, which I, I'm really happy about. Cause I, I think it's just a kind of a different muscle I enjoy and I want, to do I, I like doing that just as much as i like doing environmental work not smart and uh, are you very like kind of straightforward with photo editors like you say like you'll kind of just be straight up front with them be like hey you know like i'm really interested in shooting some studio stuff will you kind of just say that to them kind of be up front and kind of let them know what you're interested in yeah I, I do because i think that everyone wants you i think most all almost all photo editors want to work with you on something you're going to be really excited about. Right. So it's, and so I think that for me, just kind of getting that out there is important because then we both know what, like what we want to do and what we can both be excited to do together. You know, it's like, Oh, like Ron was saying that he really wants to do this type of work. I'm, you know, like the, my favorite email to get from a photo editor is like, Oh, Ron, like fine. Like we finally have something that we can work on to get like in this way of like, Oh, we finally, like the way we talked about that one thing, like, great now something just came across my desk that's just like what we were just talking about you know like it's, yeah. i think that tone of getting hired is always my favorite <laughs> so try to like set us up for success in that way i suppose yeah. no doubt and like when you're first starting out and you're get, trying to show your work to editors and whatnot um did you kind of ever doubt yourself as a photographer because as you know it's like it's a very slow process like you can get one job and but it's really hard to kind of continually get hired um because when those early days when you're kind of first starting out um like i said was there any times you kind of doubted yourself like is it going to work or or do you always just kind of have the confidence in yourself that if you kind of just keep pursuing that opportunities would kind of present themselves i mean I, yeah i mean i still doubt every day right it's i mean it was it it the beginning is really hard because it's so feast or famine right it's like you could have a month where you think you finally made it yeah. like i always joke like i don't know when i became a professional photographer like i don't know <laughs> when it happened right and it's just like one day you're kind of paying rent and the next day you're like oh i'm actually like sort of like i'm actually I'm surviving like this is great yeah, <laughs> like, man. um yeah I, I think but no i think at the beginning you just get really confused on what the like lack of consistency means mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so uh, in terms of like, what does that mean for you? You know, it's like, am I, am I good? Am I set? Like, is, is this what it's like? But you know, you, but that's where it comes in like community and just talking. Like I have a lot of other friends who are just kind of in the same kind of career position as me in terms of when I'm starting out. And so it's just like, you know, just talking to your friends about this. Like, how do you feel about this? Like, you know, like, how do you, you know, what the shit, what is it like? Does this make sense to you? Like, is this happening to you too? And I think it's really important to just, kind of be there for your kind of photo community, you know, your friends and talking about work and talking about where you're at and why it feels that way. And, Cause we're all doing it. We're all competing, you know, so yeah, it's a, the beginning. 
it's an interesting it's an interesting career that way yeah it's an interesting career yeah. path it's like you're aiming for something but you don't even know what the destination is really and it's like this yeah. weird journey of like how you're gonna get there it's like like you said like you can be busy one month and the next and it's just kind of learning how to deal with those like peaks and valleys you know yeah exactly um, um and but it's you know at the same time it was fun i don't know like the beginning was fun i mean it's still fun i have a great time but it's I don't know. Like, I think it's just like this life. I'll never not enjoy this life. <laughs> you know, it's like, you just, you're just, you're just constantly thinking about photography and I just, it's fun. I don't know how to explain it. Like you have to, you have to really to get past the hump of starting. You just have to really like talk. I always say that's like, if you're in this and you're just thinking about it professionally only, you're, you're screwed. Like, it's just like, yeah. you have to like photography for the time when you're not getting paid to make pictures. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it seems very straightforward, but I don't think everyone is about that life like that. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like it's like I'm imagine you're very like like me in the sense it's like I can't not do it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, exactly. Like I'm always thinking about making photo. Like I enjoy it. I'm always looking at photo, but like it's, it's just I enjoy it, and it's always gonna be there, and I'm always gonna be thinking about it, making it. You know. Yeah, no, it's exciting, man. I saw actually I saw your Instagram last night. You're you 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 still shoot films sometimes. You, you had like a, I think it was like a Mia up there. You were trying to find some back or something. Uh, that oh would... yeah, I'm like, if anyone listening to this can help me with it, and no one has it in New York. I need a back for this Mamiya six or five. Uh, yeah, no, I do shoot. I shoot a lot of film. I I still I have um a Fuji six nine camera that I it's one of my favorite cameras that I shoot mm. a lot with. Um, I, I think on my own, in terms of personal work, I shoot a lot of film and on assignment. If you know, depending on turnaround time and things, I yeah, I um, I try to. I try to. I think uh, you know, people are starting to figure out ways to budget for it, which is great. So you can kind of work film into kind of budgets for assignments these days that I really appreciate from editors. Thank you to them. Yeah, um, it just slows it all down. I think that's really what it comes down to you in a professional sense. Mm -hmm. Like personal work is one thing, but in a professional sense, there is like it's less about even shooting the film and more about, I like that it just forces everything to slow down. Yeah. Me, art director, uh, subject, like everyone has to, especially with six, nine, it's like eight frames to a roll. It's kind of like, we just snail pace. No, definitely. It's pretty interesting. It seems like I, I've seen like film kind of has like a, there's like a new cult, like, no, I don't know if that's the right mm -hmm, word, mm -hmm. but it's like, people are really excited about film these days. It's like, I see all types of like, interesting, like YouTube channels or like film photographers. Yeah. And it's really exciting to see that uh, people are still kind of shooting with it. Cause like you said, it's just, it's a different look, but then it's also this kind of different process and kind of slows you down and it keeps it exciting, you know? Exactly. I don't think you, um, I think it, it makes a lot of sense why particularly people who are, um, just now getting to photography. I, like my whole thing is like, I think you should, if you're, if someone tells you they're interested in photography, you should get them a film camera. Because mm -hmm. I think what happens is, uh, the learning curve is good to learn on because you, you're not going to get to see, you're not get, going to get to see, um, the images right away. So it's like, you have to kind of remember why you fucked up on a shot or you have to remember any, this kind of pace in which you learn with a film camera, I think is, uh, great for beginners. So I'm happy to see like, particularly people who are just getting to photography starting the film. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and I was excited to talk to you. You have a project on your website called, it's called Ghetto Gastro. Um, it was a cool story. I was kind of curious, like, what was that? What did you shoot that for? And what's kind of the backstory with those photos? Because it was kind of some interesting uh, shots you got. 
Uh, yeah, so get a, I shot that. That was a story I was commissioned by Wired to do, um, and it was it was cool because it was. I always love when I get to change the scenery of an assignment. Like we get to shoot in multiple places, mm-hmm. and just for two reasons. Obviously, for the obvious reason of more you know variety of photo photos. But like, I do think there's a certain challenge of like, how do you make a photo story connect that isn't necessarily going to just have the same background. So I, I just like that challenge. And um, yeah, so we shot. Ghetto Gastro is a collection of chefs and they do like kind of pop-ups around the world and they're from the Bronx. And, um, I shot at their test kitchen before a pop-up. So I shot at their test kitchen, kind of like essentially BTS to the, the pop-up. And then the next day I photographed kind of the actual pop-up and them in the, in the kitchen cooking and kind of like getting some portraits of them and stuff. And it was fun. It was cool. I, I love, I love those type of assignments where you just kind of, expect it to be a fly on the wall and find a good photo. I love finding a photo kind of, it's like my whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I like the idea of like being asked to go into an environment and find a photo rather than set it up. I always think that's a fun challenge. Yeah. No, think about. no doubt. And how's your experience working with wired? Cause they're, they just do so much amazing and creative work. Was that kind of your first experience uh, working with them? Um, that was, kind of, we had another project we worked on. Um, that was smaller. That's probably the first kind of full story we did together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're great. I mean, shout out to Wired. Like they're all that whole team is very sweet and cool, and they're they're also kind of I think one of the publications that, in my experience, are very aware of just like thinking about what you would like to do and like what you uh, what your perspective would be on the story mm-hmm. in a really cool way. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it was great. It was fun working with them on that. That's exciting and. Uh... Also, um, actually, when your buddy Quinn, he reached out to me, he was kind of the one who kind of turned me on to your work. Uh, he, he, he was talking about, you photographed Nipsey Hussle, who unfortunately passed away earlier this year. Um, you shot some amazing portraits of him. I was kind of curious what your experience was um, kind of collaborating with him. Like, what was it for? And uh, kind of your whole experience, I guess, shooting those. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, it was actually a really quick portrait and we shot for BET Viacom. Uh, he had the album rolling out at the time. Um, so his, uh, I took those images about a little less than a year before his passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were on the internet, you know, they were part of the photo story. They're out. And I, I don't, I, I was actually, he, um, he was murdered when I was taking off on a, 14 hour flight to Japan. Like I was in the air right when it started. At least that's like, if I, when I try to piece together the time code of everything. Yeah. So when I landed in Japan, I just had, you know, a billion D and my phone just was going haywire. Cause this picture, I don't know how it happened, but it's just like within very quickly after his passing, that image just was all over the world pretty much. And every yeah. felt like every single celebrity on Instagram. It was, I mean, it's, it was wild. I think the thing is that a lot of people, I kind of have to explain, um, is when I made the portrait, you know, it was, he was a great guy and we had a nice little moment, but it wasn't, you know, you're not thinking about it as, yeah. um, the last time, you know, like, I don't know how to think of it as, and so, but I do think, um, some, you know, the, the type of things people are, you know, were saying about the, they're reaching out to me about that picture. <clears throat> um, and the things they were saying like, Oh, you know, you were, you know, this image makes me think of this and it makes me think of like, you, you know, you not many photos of him are like this or whatever. Yeah. And it really kind of validated kind of how I want to approach portraiture because, um, 
I did, you know, I did the anti-mood board. I thought about how is he not, what kind of moments do we not get to see of him in for it to resonate with the world that way meant a lot to me as a photographer. Um, because that, you know, when I, although when I made that portrait, you're not thinking about it being used in that way. I was thinking kind of like, you know, you should always be, particularly because I'm a fan, I'm a big fan of his. He's a uh, half Eritrean, like we're um, both families from a very small country. And I wanted to, you know, create an image of him that, would resonate with me as well as other people. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud that it has the way it has. No, yeah, it's an amazing portrait. And like you said, it was the kind of took on a life of its own, unfortunately, after he passed. Cause yeah, you, like you say, I saw it everywhere. Um, and you've been lucky enough, you photographed a lot of um, pretty big musicians um, and is kind of collaborating with musicians and different artists. Is it kind of like, is the music uh, world something you've always it's been kind of interested in? Is it, um, do you find it, is it uh what about like kind of collaborating when photographing musicians interests you you think i think yeah i mean i think photographing musicians is always going to be a love of mine only not only but mostly because you know this idea of like adding to the canon of somebody and thinking of like you know they're going to have this career they have this path and making images that represent that kind of point in time for that career right so like you know, photographing somebody, you know, right before they get really famous. So, like, a, I think a good example is um, kind of, like, a, a high you get from this type of that work is there's a guy, Block Boy JB, who, like, has this, like, really viral dance called The Shoot. Yep. And, uh, like, all these kids do it, and I see my nephews do it, and I see all these kids do it, and I photographed him for the fader right before the, that song where the dance kind of went viral came out. Yeah. So this picture of him doing this dance that I had never seen before in that point in my life. And I just like, even though it doesn't necessarily like the world know, like, you know, the context, like I have this picture of this guy, you know, right before he would find out that this dance he does was going to be all over the world, you know, like, yeah. And I, I don't know, like things like that, just thinking about like, how do you add to people's story, whichever way it's going? I don't know. It's like, I've always, I think that's like the, the part of photographing a musician that's always going to be fun to think about. And like, how do you kind of play into their story? No, it's interesting. Uh, and with like those, w when you're doing like more of those like set up portraits, be it studio or kind of the things you're doing with like Nipsey, Hups, Nuss, Nip Nipsey Hustle or like uh, you photograph like Billie Eilish, um, really yeah. famous musician now. Um, obviously, you go into the shoot with a plan of like what you want to execute. Um, but does that ever do you ever kind of freestyle and does it kind of deviate from your original plan? Um, does that kind of happen? A like lot almost of, every time, every I time. So. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, you're never going to get, that's not true. I guess sometimes you hit the right court, but like, I don't know. I think for me, I try not to, um, I, I really try not to be rigid in what I want from my time with a subject, especially if it's not much time. Um, I just, I just try to think of tone. Like, what tone do I want to take with this person? Can I get that tone out of the the, the assignment more so than, you know, I really want a close-up portrait of them on this, you know, or something. I'm tr I, I try to be more open to whatever I need to do, but there's, like, a, a, particularly if I know much about the person before, you know. And, mm -hmm. um, like, for the Nipsey shot, I knew I wouldn't have that much time, um, but I knew he didn't, like, when I thought about him, I thought of very, like, pictures of him in LA, you know, pictures of him in this kind of environment. So I just was like, I want to kind of separate him from a time and place and just create like this kind of blue, quiet image. And I didn't 
I didn't have any like ideas of how he should look necessarily. It was more so just like this tone, like this tone of what I want. Like I just wanted this like blue and I know what blue is for him in the context of his life. And just kind of, he lives in this space alone and not alone, but it's his own space versus kind of the backdrop of a city. So it's like, I try to think of it more in like, all-encompassing implications than like yeah because they want from people no that's really smart man um it's interesting and like how do you kind of because like i i would imagine a lot of those shoots you're doing like you say you don't get a lot of time um and sometimes you might be dealing with like tough personalities where people don't want to give you a lot like how do you kind of navigate those shoots where like i say you don't have a lot of time and it might be a personality where they they don't really they don't really care too much to be dealing with you or how do you kind of deal with those situation situations um i don't know i mean you just kind of wing it i think for me i always i have like this nerve I have this thing, I don't know what to even call it. I feel like whenever shit's not going right, I just start laughing. Like, I just think it's human. I'm like, this is weird. Like, why is this? I won't, I won't say the name. I recently photographed a musician who, it was really hot. It was a hot summer day. And uh, they were wearing, they were wearing like long, like essentially leather pants. Like, they were in this very air-conditioned room and I had to get an environmental, port- you know, I was specifically asked to get an environmental mm-hmm. portrait. So they didn't, they didn't want it inside. Um I kind of scouted spots and it was in Dumbo and like kind of scouted spots that were like, okay, these are cool. Like, you know, I can in, in, they walk out of the air conditioned room into outside and they're just like, it's so good. He did says, I'm not going anywhere. I just started laughing. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You're not going anywhere. And he's just like, I don't, it's too hot. I'm not walking anywhere. I'm going to stay right here. Take a picture of me standing right here. Oh man. And I just started, like, I just started laughing. You know, I'm just laughing. And I'm like, God, like, come on, man. Like, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I think that's the way we treat. I probably it's probably not good to say. I don't know, but it's just like the way we treat celebrities. I think that like I have whatever part of the brain that's just like gets nervous around. I don't have it. Like I just am pretty straightforward. Like can we at least? So I just start bartering bartering with him about distance. I'm like, all right, can we walk twenty feet to that tree? You know, like yeah, you gotta push. I, like, you, finally, you, you gotta push back because a lot of people probably yeah, don't. Like what? What are you not gonna push back for? It's like what did Megan do? Just like why? Like the same way they're making demands, it's like, okay, let me, if I can contextualize how crazy you sound right now. Oh man, I feel like I should say this, but it's just like, but you know, a lot of times I think when you, for me, I've found that my, um, my candid nature, if you will, uh, helps because it kind of just, I feel like it kind of just sets the tone of like, and I shoot fast, right? Like I can, I, I think I'm really good at gauging how much, energy someone will have like i don't and i also just hate overshooting like, i don't like the idea of shooting when someone doesn't want their picture taken yeah you know it's kind of like if you're going to give me four minutes of energy even though i only am allowed to shoot for 10 mm-hmm. i'll try you know you always just because especially if you're you know it's a commission you got to make sure you get what you need but hell yeah i'm kind of pretty adamant about like i i don't feel like just taking pictures of you when you're over me taking pictures so i think i'm i think i just kind of mix that into like look i just set the tone of like just do this thing with me and we're fine we're gonna get it and we'll walk away from this you know yeah and it's like you might as well like i think it probably took me a while to learn is like yeah if someone says they don't want to do something you put like fight for what you want like obviously don't piss people off to a certain point but it's like fight for what you want at least ask the question because at the end of the day you're probably not going to end up maybe you'll photograph that person again but a lot of the times you photograph a person one time then you never see him again but you want to maintain that relationship with your client so you might as well push as, yeah. as hard as you can so you can deliver as much and get hired again you know exactly 
Yeah. And a lot of times it's kind of, I think a lot of times what people, subjects particularly, are like, they can't be bought, so they think it's like a complexity thing, right? It's like, this sound, that sounds harder than what I want to do. And I think that when you come off as stressed, it comes off as complicated. So to me, I've always been like, you know, if my tone is very kind of uh, candid with them, people typically like, yeah, sure, you know, fuck it, I'm down. Like, it's just people, when they see that you're not worried about it, then they don't have to worry about it. I yeah. think is what I always try to set the tone, at least, if I can. I can't say it works every time, but... Act like you've been there before, you know? That's what it act is. Act like you've been there before, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's another day in the in the life. Um, and I think that's something that I always do, and I've noticed um, helps a lot, is you just, just be appreciative of people's time. I think a lot of that, like, especially, like, nowadays, everyone's in a press junket and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, I feel like if I, like, I, I always try to make an effort to ask the PR person how many shoots they've done that day, if they, you know, if that's the scenario. Yeah. And just being aware, I'm like, man, this is your fourth shoot, like, thanks, like, let me just get 10 minutes with you over here, like, just setting that tone of, like, look, it, no one here is trying to beef, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> what you, like, what you, we're what all you, good here, you know? Yeah, and what you kind of, like, when you're doing one of these portrait shoots, once they come in, do you kind of, like, sit them down and kind of walk them through what you're hoping to accomplish? Be like, I'm trying to do this setup, this setup. Do you kind of explain the process or anything? I try, I try to do it briefly. I yeah. try to be like very brief because, you know, if you let people know you want three setups and they're like, I only want to do two. So you try, <laughs> I try to, you know, you got to play that dance a little bit. But honestly, I, I, I feel like I do more of, I don't talk. I, I'd rather, if I have 15 minutes with someone, I want to spend the first two or three not necessarily talking about pictures. Like, okay. If I can't, like, get them like, oh, so what do you do today? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, love that place. You can just like let them know that it, it, I'm not here to like, get from something from you necessarily it's like i'm well i am because it's work but like it's kind of like i just try to set the tone if i have the time yeah. obviously sometimes you don't have any time but i'm um, particularly celebrities it's like if i have the window of time just trying to be like you know some sort of conversation if i can like just asking them about themselves how their days like just because you i just think you be, it, it's such a small gesture but when people realize they don't have to be full-on work mode and i also think it translates to the type of portraits i want anyway so it helps yeah, in that way as well. No, it's interesting, man. It's a, it's a real like psychology game, photography. It's it like is, it be, being able to like read the room, and like I think it's like smart how you approach it. It's like you, you're not this exactly. like like you say you're not just trying to get something from them. It's like hey, we're at the end of the day, we're still we're both human beings, and let's try to well the time we have. Yeah, but, and I think that tra- yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great, man. Um, a couple more questions, I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, with photography, obviously. Um, you're doing it for a living. You're doing commercial work, editorial, but then you also do like your your whatever personal work or art projects and whatnot. Um, do you think you need to like stay pay attention to like photographic trends and like what other people are doing, or do you kind of just focus on what you enjoy, put it out there, hope people respond to it, or what's kind of your take with like trends and whatnot? Um. Well, I don't think I, no, I mean, I guess the answer is no. I, I don't really care about trends. I don't really think about, like, what's popping at the moment. Mm-hmm. I do think I get inspired by my colleagues a lot. Like, I have a lot of friends who make pictures that inspire me and make me, like, oh, maybe I should think about, you know, like, oh, I like the way they thought about this. I should start thinking about that as well. You know, like, inspiration, right, from your peers. Yeah. Um, I don't really care about trends because I think the only trend that matters is consistency. Like, it's just like, all, like no matter what kind of work you make, as long as it's consistent, Mm-hmm. And good, after, you know. But even if it's not good, it's a consistent scheme. Like, mm-hmm. like being consistent is what matters. So it doesn't really matter what's working for the year or two. Like, you know, I I, I think that 
ultimately if you're making work that you care about and you think looks good and is interesting and you care about it, it doesn't have to be like what other people think if you're consistent about it people will take notice you know right so i don't i don't really care for what's popping at the moment type no i think it's smart just like just stay on stay in your lane and keep shooting and just keep building and uh hopefully new opportunities kind of come your way and those and those trends ultimately you know the irony of it is like these trends come from somebody who only made that one you know let's say in photography like terry richardson was making that look yep. for a long time before everyone tried to make that you know that flashy you know whatever so it's like the person the thing that inspires a, tr- a painstakingly overdone trend is typically someone who was doing it a lot yeah you know I mean? the consistent so it is ultimately just boils down to consistency you know like I don't know, so. No, it's interesting. I man. use that. Guy, I use that example because Jesus Christ, everyone was making that picture. For a while. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah, man. Jesus. Oh, cool. <laughs> when I college, it was just, you couldn't escape it. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting. Um, but I guess to wrap up, man, like like you've been uh, uh, shooting for a little while now. Kind of done some really amazing projects. Um, what's kind of got you inspired these days? And kind of any goals for yourself going into the new year? I guess. Um, I guess goals going to New Year is uh, New Year is uh, just thinking about personal work more. Like I think I'm really happy with, with you know the commissions I'm doing. I think that a lot of uh, thankful to all the photo editors and art directors who kind of know what I want to be doing, what I want to work with them on. Um, and I think this New Year is like I really want to think about kind of some personal work that I've had on the shelves and mm-hmm. thinking about that work and expanding on that. It's kind of like my goal for 2020 more or less. I like it, man. Well, uh, Maron, can't thank you enough for taking the time. I'm glad we connected. Um, but for yeah, no doubt. For, for having me. Yeah, no doubt. And for people listening, if they want to check out more of your work, um, where's the best place for them to go check you out? Uh, on Instagram is just my name, so Maron M E R O N underscore photo. Awesome. Uh, kind of that's kind of where all that lives. So that's in my website, just Maron M E R O N photography dot com. Perfect. I'll link it, and people go check it out. And uh, thanks so much, man. Thanks, man. Have a good day. All right. Take care. So there you have it. That was the Moran Mingus Dab interview. Uh, I just want to thank Moran for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to him about everything he's been working on within his own photography. Um, a lot of respect for his work. Um, so definitely go check out Moran's website at moranphotography.com as well as his Instagram at Moran underscore photo. I'll link it in the description, um, but he's always posting up new stuff he's working on and whatnot, so definitely we'll give him a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, as well as my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.